What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Masters of the Cultureverse. I am your friendly neighborhood blurred, Caleb Edward Edley, here with my co-host, as always, the invincible Clay Stroman. I did it again, Clay. You like it. You like it. We are doing I our. I do. I do. <laughs> we are doing our boys rewatch, and we are on episode five. Good for the soul. So we want to thank you for joining us, and we're going to get right into it. Episode five, good for the soul, written by Anne Cofell Saunders, directed by Stefan Schwartz. Is it Stefan or Stefan? What do you think? Um, how is it spelled? I can't see it anywhere. S T E F A N. Hmm. I feel like I feel like if if there's an O, it's Stefan. Okay, so a, so we're gonna go Stefan. Stefan. All right, yeah. Stefan Schwartz. Sorry, sorry, Stefan, if you're listening and your name is actually Stefan. We, we know that you're a big supporter of the show, and we're sorry. <laughs> um, and right off the bat, I've got I've actually got two trivia facts right off the bat. I know I usually only have one, but oh my god, I know I, it, it's a wild day today. Uh, the title of this episode is the title of issues 15 through 18 of the comics. We always we always get one of those. And trivia fact number two: the title "Good for the Soul" is a reference to the Christian saying that confession is good for the soul. This has multiple meanings in this episode. Popclaw confesses to telling the boys about Compound V. Huey falsely confesses to Ezekiel about their sexual encounter. Maeve confesses her drinking relapse and inability to cope to Elena. Starlight confesses her conflicted feelings towards religion in general and Believe Expo in particular. And Homelander, silently, confesses his loneliness to Stillwell. A lot of confessions. Golly! Wow, I didn't realize that this show was so deep. No pun intended. Ooh, I think you intended that pun. I did. I did. <laughs> Sorry, I, I confess I did. Ah, the summary for this episode. The boys head to the Believe Expo to follow a promising lead in their ongoing war against the soups. There might, might be a homicidal infant, but you'll have to see for yourself. How do you like that voice? I'm a big fan. Honestly, you should be involved with this show like in some way, in some form of promotion, in some medium, like your voice should be there. Thanks, man. That means a lot. That sounded like, like you know how you have those machines that you can like make the the TV commercial voice or like the movie commercial sure. dramatic voice. Sure. It sounded like you used one of those. I can't see it. Is it down no, there? Somewhere? No, no, no. That's just that's all natural. Wow. I know. So we're gonna hop right into this synopsis. Popclaw hides under the radar in Havana, Cuba, smoking crystal meth. They didn't specify that, but this this synopsis says it's crystal meth, so we're going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> A-Train zips into the reveal that Stillwell has allowed them to go public about their relationship. The only condition is that Popclaw admits who she told about Compound V. Popclaw reveals that she didn't know their names, but describes them to A-Train. After telling her he loves her, A-Train injects her with multiple doses of heroin, killing her. And you knew something bad was going to happen once he gave that little monologue he had. Absolutely. Talking about their first date and like like cherished memories. Right. How much he loves her. Obviously, we know this guy, right? Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Something something dark was coming after that. Yeah. Poor Popclaw, though. Jesus. Like he, she, <laughs> I mean, she crossed him. We know what happens when you cross the seven. Yeah, you get murked. You do. A-Train reveals to Homelander at Seven Tower that Popclaw has died following a heroin overdose. Homelander questions A-Train's use of Compound V, with A-Train trying to convince Homelander that he isn't using anymore. A-Train promises to find the female on prompt from Homelander. He, like, kind of um, intimidates him a little bit. I don't remember exactly what he said. Do you? Do you? 
just some some menacing Homelander shit. Right. He's I really mean, good at it, though. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it doesn't even really matter what he says. He does say very menacing things, but it doesn't matter what he says because he looks so scary, and he just, right. like, seems very scary when you're in his presence. Like, Oh, yeah. We've seen the deep around that guy, and <laughs> that man was basically shit in his little wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's that very, like, calm menace, like that, uh, like, Inglorious Bastards, the glass of milk scene. Yeah, like, I know you're lying. Yeah. But I'm going to act very casual about it and mm-hmm. just scare the shit out of you to make you do the right thing. Exactly. Frenchie cooks a meal for the female, trying to engage in conversation with her. The female, however, is unwilling to talk and lunges at Frenchie, who's only saved by the chains that bind her. Just a quick little scene to catch up with where the female is. We see she's chained. Did you have any notes on that or anything? Cool. Nah, I mean, this is pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, Pretty standard female Frenchie interaction here. Yeah. At the Believe Expo, Starlight and Huey get to know each other. Starlight introduces Huey to her mother, who disdainfully questions if Huey works at Vought International. Ezekiel makes an appearance on stage. Mother's Milk and Billy Butcher survey the area for CCTV and security. Billy shows Huey a video from the club where Ezekiel was engaging in sexual acts with males. He tells Huey that he must blackmail Ezekiel into revealing information about Compound V. And uh, I wrote down a butcher quote. I'm going to start writing down all my favorite butcher quotes. But he said, uh, security's tighter than a choir boy's asshole. Or some shit like that. Another classic butcher quote. <laughs> Everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is just fucking cherry. It is. It's <laughs> no other way to describe it. Here's a little uh, trivia fact for you. In the comics, Believe is a Christian festival attended by Homelander and Starlight and infiltrated by Frenchie and the female in Volume 7, Issues 44 through 47. There you go. Okay. While Homelander gives a remembrance speech about those they couldn't save aboard Flight 37, Queen Maeve is upset and leaves the speech early. Homelander tries to convince her that they do what they have to. However, Maeve is hesitant to agree. So we just get more of Maeve kind of questioning what her life has become and and everything that they have, have in quotes, to do. Yeah, and there's there's kind of a vibe throughout this episode where it it kind of seems like maybe in a past life Maeve was a, an actual righteous like superhero. Right. Like in the more classic sense, obviously she's sold out, become part of the Seven with Vought and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, maybe she was like a very real hero. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, I feel like she is where Starlight is now, but it just became too much and she gave in. Whereas Starlight is actually putting her heels down and standing her ground, you know. Yeah, which is probably why Starlight, you know, is, was such a big fan of her. Um, right. Like, growing up. Right. She probably, that's what she wanted to be, whether it was the marketing guys writing that shit up or, or what. Right. Um, I like to think that before the seven, she was better. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Huey, M.M., and Billy engage in a conversation of beliefs. While talking to her mom, Starlight questions why she had to lie about sex in the teen roundtable session. Starlight expresses concern that she's uncomfortable. Either the festival has changed or she's changed. Huey asks Starlight if she can get him a special pass to see Ezekiel. She agrees. Homelander arrives at the festival asking to see Madeline. However, Ashley reveals that she isn't at the festival. Um, yeah, before, before this, we see uh, like a fly straight poster and a one man and one woman equals marriage. And, and um, that's what Starlight clocks. And that's how she notices the... Um, the festival or her something has changed and then when hey, Huey, I mean, yeah go ahead pray the gateway exactly exactly 
Um, and when Huey asks her for that ticket, you can tell on her face she's kind of getting tired of, of doing favors. Yeah, Which, absolutely. And I mean, especially for Huey, like she thought right. he was different. Right. And he, you know, in the scene, he basically makes it seem like that's he's just in it for like the the superhero glitz and glam and just being involved with that that whole side of things. Right. I'm kind of surprised that Huey didn't put up more of a fight to ask her for these tickets, like based on that. Uh, Huey, I've I've found he barely puts up a fight with anything Butcher says. Like he'll he'll reluctantly say, no, I don't want to do it. And then Butcher just like steps to him and then he's like, all right, I'll do it. It's, it doesn't take much from Butcher. Butcher. I guess I guess at the same time there's still the the aspect of it where Huey is in this like kind of secret relationship with uh with Starlight. So he wasn't about to be like, no, nah, that's my girl. I can't ask her that. Right. I right. guess I didn't. While I was while I was watching it, I guess I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Instantly, Homelander flies away, confronting Madeline, questioning the speech he has been given. Stillwell, however, admits that the speech is geared towards getting the Seven into the military, which annoys Homelander, who is conscious of the fact that her son, Teddy Stillwell, is getting in his way. So we get some more baby murder eyes here. This baby, this like Homelander, baby Stillwell rivalry. Like, yeah. I want to see, first of all, I want to see baby Stillwell get some compound B. And then I want to see him go toe-to-toe with Homelander, except as a baby. Yeah, you got to think Madeline would have given him some compound B. Just based on, like, who she is and what she does, you would think that she would have slipped her son some and been like, oh, my little miracle baby. But maybe that would have been too obvious. So that's kind of what I was thinking. And also, she knows, like, what these soups can become, and maybe she doesn't want her baby to be that. Right. But, but you never know. The baby could be super baby at this point. We true. don't even know. I mean, and she's so, like, controlling. Maybe she, I feel like she would think that she wouldn't, her soup baby wouldn't turn out like them because she would, it would be, she'd be the mother. She'd be able to control him. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and also, she probably, she's smart, right? She might know yeah. that Homelander wants to laser this baby in half. So right. So she might want to give him some defense mechanism. Yeah, that, that would be helpful for the baby. <laughs> I just love, I love the looks that Homelander gives this baby. Yeah, like whenever just... she put it over her shoulder and she walked away, right. the baby was looking at Homelander like laughing. Yeah. And it cuts to his face and he's just like fuming. He's like, God, I hate that fucking baby. Yeah, it's just so funny to see a grown man with fucking superpowers be so er about this baby. I mean, he's a baby himself. True. As, True. We'll, as we'll see as we uh, talk about these episodes. Yeah. Uh, Billy is visibly angry as he goes to visit Rachel, his wife's sister. He is angry that they have purchased a headstone for Rebecca despite never having found her body. However, Rachel admits that her mother wants somewhere to talk to her daughter. Billy becomes visibly angry. However, Rachel retorts that they all miss her. And so in this scene, we find out that um, Butcher's wife has been missing for eight years. And it's just like a very, very tense scene. The the two ends, uh, the one who's holding out hope and the one who's already given up. So we, we have that yeah. tension there. Yeah, and she even says, like, look, man, like, we have to stop this. Like, right. We can't keep thinking that she's going to come back or that she's still out there. And, like, Butcher, you know, he was he was in, um, like, intelligence, right? He's right. not going to believe anything without proof. Exactly. Exactly. I was trying to buy time because I've been drinking this truly, which has got some carbonation, and I felt a burp coming that I was trying to get out while you were talking, but it's just, like, simmering. You want me to keep talking? I no, can. No, it's fine. <laughs> we can go back to the whole Popeye's chicken sandwich versus Chick-fil-A scenario. Yeah, make sure you uh, leave a comment on our um, Instagram and tell us what you think is better, Popeye's or Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. We already know what the winner is, though. Yeah, I'm expecting a lot of comments. Yeah, I, at least four. 
Yeah, at the very least. At the very most. It's about as many likes as those posts get. <laughs> for now. Yes, for now. That's the key. Distraught after Popclaw's death, A-Train watches a movie of hers and then switches to their sex tape. However, he is shocked to find that it has been overwritten by footage of Popclaw accidentally killing her landlord. A-Train is able to see Butcher and Frenchie blackmailing her and takes his face, his face being Frenchie's, to Vault Crime Analytics. They reveal to A-Train and Black Noir that Frenchie is a man with a dozen aliases and 34 addresses. A-Train tells Trevor the tech guy not to get involved when he's like, starts asking questions but uh we got some more some more billy zane i was just gonna say that (laughs) and billy zane is kind of all over this episode and the next one yeah yeah um he's this is the billy zane resurgence very first time pop claw came up in the show we mentioned billy zane because of that movie Uh now we get to see him in action with that glorious bald head yes so shiny um i had a question here though how did their sex tape get overwritten with the what do you call it the um the blackmail because i think that you're gonna have to hit your plot hole button for this one because i was thinking the same thing Mm -hmm. um i think the boys would have been a little bit more careful with that footage right and i don't understand why it would have been on her flash drive maybe on one of their flash drives but right on hers i don't i don't get it plot hole there we go there it is um we've got a trivia fact though the description on the back of the Terminal Beauty 3 DVD reads, Popclaw shines as a razor-sharp private detective, unraveling a web of lies in the biggest case of her life. Billy Zane plays a smooth-talking con man with too many secrets and a dark, mysterious past. When these two find themselves caught up in a dangerous game of cat and mouse, all rules go out the window. Dot, dot, dot. Incredible. Just flawlessly executed by you there. Thank you. I spent a lot of money to learn how to do that. At Ezekiel's meet, Homelander questions how Huey knows Starlight. They hold a baptizing in which Homelander uses this opportunity to hold Huey underwater for an extended period of time, presumably as a threat. Once Homelander, presumably, once Homelander leaves, Huey tries to show Ezekiel the video. However, he finds his phone has suffered water damage and no longer works. Huey improvises, pretending to be one of the men Ezekiel had sex with that night. Initially, Ezekiel denies and tries to choke Huey. He only stops when Huey tells him that there is a video ready to be posted online. Huey blackmails Ezekiel into revealing everything he knows about Compound V. Huey reveals what he has found to Mother's Milk, including the location of the latest shipment. M.M. reveals the information to Butcher, who has just finished smashing Rebecca's headstone with a sledgehammer. This dumbass didn't take his phone out of his pocket before he got submerged in water. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Um, it did give him a chance to um, kind of come through a little bit and and surprise us a little bit. Right, it did. They even, Mother's Milk even comments on it afterwards, and he's like, what does he say? You are, he was like, you're a natural. You're basically the rain man of fucking people over. Right, yeah, that's what, yeah. Huey um, laughs, and he's like, ha not a compliment. <laughs> we do get a, a funny uh, Huey quote here. He said, you played my butt like jazz, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, but, yeah, let's go back to this Homelander thing. Um, so Homelander doesn't know what Huey's deal is, but he is just weary of – because th- he's just weary of any outsider getting too close because he knows everything that um, is going on, right? Yeah, so – did he? Did they meet at some point ever, or does he just know Huey's name like from listening to him talking to Starlight? I don't 
no, they've never met. I think he just knows. He, he, yeah, he goes up to him. He's like, Huey, right? Yeah. Maybe he's just been watching Starlight because she's the new girl or something. Because they've, no, they've never met. Um, But we know he's got like super hearing and, and shit like that. So Yeah, and this this is the second event that all three of them have been at together. Yeah. What was the, the first reminder? This. Yes, the race. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm surprised Huey remembers MM's number because he swiped somebody else's phone. He borrowed somebody's phone to call MM, and he just knows the number. Like, I know probably three numbers off the top of my head. I know my mom, my dad, my sister. I think I could piece together my brothers. But would you know somebody you just met, like, last week? That's my point. Absolutely not. Exactly. <laughs> of course not. Exactly. That's not a plot hole. That's just, we got to move the story along. Kind Maybe of he's thing. just smarter than we think. No. Mine like a steel trap. If he was smarter than we thought, he wouldn't have left his phone in his pocket when he got baptized. Maybe he's just dumber than we think. Probably. I will say, during that, when Homelander is holding him other, under, I couldn't remember if that was like another Huey envisioning thing. Like, oh, he's so nervous he thinks Homelander's going to do it. But it was like reality. I think it's pretty real. No, no, it's definitely real, but I couldn't remember while I was watching. I was like, is he having another one of those, like, fantasy thoughts? Well, if it was one of those, he would be, like, tearing Homelander's head off or something. Not if he's about to shit his pants. Well, I mean, most of those most of those little, like, visions come when he's, like, stressed out. Sure. Something like that. He's, like, upset. So he has this vision of him, like, doing something badass. Okay, okay, I'll buy it, I'll buy it. Homelander gives a speech at the end of the festival. However, much to Stillwell's dismay, who watches from Seven Tower, Homelander strays from the script, admitting that he answers to a higher power and will not wait for Congress's approval to protect America. Um, during the booze, uh, when he's like giving his speech, you hear somebody say, Kill them all! I just thought it was funny. I don't know why. Wait, who says that? Just some random person in the crowd. Oh, you know, really? like they insert little voices. Yeah. Just like, Kill um, but yeah, no, he, he, he gives very, um, Messiah like imagery when he's like floating and he's got his arms outstretched and, yep, yep. and all that. He's what's, what's kind of funny is that like the new Superman movies, like man of steel and like BVS, mm-hmm. there's all these scenes that Zack Snyder put in there to like allude to like that messianic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the show it's just like super blatant. It's almost like, like. Obviously, this is a parody of, like, all of that, and they just make it right. so out in the open. So right. in your face. There you go. Yeah. Distraught and, experience and experiencing guilt over the deaths of those aboard Flight 37, Maeve visits her ex-girlfriend, Elena. She breaks down, admitting that she can no longer deal with the guilt and has returned to drinking. Elena asks her to explain. However, Maeve tries to kiss her. After Elena refuses, Maeve realizes it was a bad idea and leaves suddenly. I've got nothing on that scene. Do you have anything? Nope. Shally calls Frenchie, revealing that Black Noir was just outside of her apartment. Frenchie asks which location they have, to which she responds that they more than likely have them all, so it doesn't fucking matter. At the hospital, Mother's Milk and Butcher try to intercept the shipment of Compound V. They receive a call from Frenchie, who admits that he has been made and needs to take off. Butcher tells him to leave the female. However, he is weary, worrying that Black Noir and A-Train will... what black noir and a train will do if they find her so we got frenchie being typical frenchie not listening to orders mm-hmm. um same old same old on his end yeah the guy's not good with orders not when it comes to this female no well i mean in his defense he does he does like know her better than them 
Sure, he's he he's made some her, kind of connection. Like, he's made a connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know her, but they have like some sort of connection. He like at least kind of understands her a little bit more. Yeah. Starlight expresses concern that she doesn't want to go on stage. However, her mother begs her, revealing that all her friends are going to be watching. I, I, this is just like the epitome of a pageant mom here. Like, you know, you've got to go on stage. You're, you're Hardcore gonna. pageant mom. Right. Um, she even says, like, Starlight's like, Mom, this isn't about you. You know? Like, obviously it's not. And she right. goes, isn't it, though? Like, <laughs> I'm the one who, who got you all those gigs as a kid. I'm right. the one who... Uh, did a real estate job when like we could have been rich or something like I sure. kept your secret yeah and then and then things like that and by the way like all my friends are gonna be watching like you have to go up there yeah I told them you were gonna be on stage like don't make me look bad Frenchie talks with the female who seems scared at the prospect of being left behind Frenchie unchains the female who leaves quickly and I just I, I think Frenchie might be one of the most complex and compelling characters on the show and he's probably my favorite honestly but just ev- all, I feel like he's got the most kind of range that he's going through. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that's just what I'm seeing. Um, so do you, who do you think the most complex character is? The most complex character. Yeah. Mm. Or com- or compelling. The most compelling. I'll take either. I think I think that Butcher's pretty complex. I th- yeah okay sure Be- I think I think the problem with Butcher's complexity is which leads into his complexities we don't know everything about him whereas Frenchie we're we're getting a lot of Frenchie in these moments whereas Butcher is kind of doing the same thing in his moments but we know there's right. there's stuff back there so yeah, yeah I, I see what you're saying they're both compelling for different reasons mm-hmm. um, I do think that Homelander is a pretty complex character as well sure sure and like as we learn more about him you get to see like as you learn more about his past and his relationship with Stillwell you get to see that he's more like vulnerable and he's almost like still a child um, all right even though he's this like really scary badass uh, like murder machine right essentially yeah who's your favorite character frenchy frenchy's got a lot of really good lines in this in this episode he says something like like you and me we're like an egg you know we're we're hard on the outside soft on the inside right he makes a lot of like really good like smooth sounding french analogy analogies he does who's your favorite character my favorite character Mm -hmm. Honestly, I probably this. I don't know if this sounds weird or not, but it, it might be Homelander. Like I just, I just I, like seeing him on screen. He's no, like so scary, and yeah. we don't. There are like things that we don't know, and mm-hmm. he's capable of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's just like a super, super interesting guy, and the actor plays him really well. I would agree. That's good, good, good. Frenchie for me. I've said that, but just in I, case, Frenchie, Frenchie's probably my second favorite. Yeah. On stage, Starlight reads from a teleprompter script. The script talks about her acceptance of God. However, she becomes visibly annoyed and asks for the music to be stopped. She reveals to the audience that she doesn't believe the script she's been given. Stillwell and the Deep watch from Seven Towers, surprised by Starlight's actions. She reveals to the audience the sexual assault that occurred between her and the Deep. However, she does not reveal his name. And you can see in like Huey in the background and he's just like loving her going off script. And like at the end of her little speech, he's like the only one clapping. Yeah, so I thought, I guess in, like, anything else, the whole crowd would have started cheering, but, like, this isn't, this isn't, like, the real world. These are, right. these people are actually all brainwashed, essentially, at sure. this event. Right, um, right. So her going off script and being a badass and, like, 
taking matters into her own hands and being empowered. Like mm-hmm. it didn't even, they were like, what, what is this? I don't get it. Right. Like, yeah. This isn't God. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Where's Jesus coming to this? Bring back Homelander Messiah. Messiah Homelander. Yeah. That guy was floating a second ago. Where's he? Yeah. At the hospital, Butcher and MM find the hospital injecting newborns with compound V through an intravenous line. There's that, Bert. Nice. Uh, the eyes of the baby in the incubator emit energy like Homelander. They are shocked to find that soups are engineered in a lab, not born the way they are. So we got a big it's reveal a big here. We, we see what compound V is. We thought it might have just been a, a kind of steroid, but we see it's actually giving the soups their powers, which we kind of knew based on what we saw with the female, right? Right. But right. this is just like yeah. more concrete. Like we definitely know. No, yeah, no soups yeah. are born. They're made. Except maybe Homelander, who nobody knows anything about his origin. Right. He has no, no, no background. He's a, they call him a black hole. That's what they call it. Never mind. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really big. So they discover that, you know, every soup was made mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, are we at the point where he uses this baby as a weapon yet? Not yet. Okay. Uh, Starlight and Huey enter into a heated debate, with Starlight admitting that she didn't appreciate him using her to get to Ezekiel. Huey apologizes, admitting that his girlfriend died recently, and he is just looking for a way out. And I wish he would just tell her the whole fucking story. I mean, he knows she's not like the rest of them, but... It's too soon. No. Yes, it is. And, oh, I have the... We'll we'll continue talking about this. I just have one other note. You see when she, like, hugs Huey, she's got a promise ring on. So I just wrote that's, like, a good job by the costume department because she's at this very Christian conservative kind of um, uh, festival. And they gave her right. a promise ring, Bot did. So, like, that's, I, I thought it was a nice touch. But, anyway, back to this. No, it's not too soon. Like, he's in deep shit, and she could be his inside man. It's too soon, man. She's She's not fully, like, fully jaded on the seven yet. She's still trying to make it work at this point. Does he know that, though? I do. <laughs> I'm talking from Huey's perspective. Um, yeah, you know what? I bet if it was my man Frenchie, he would have spilled the beans all by now. He's like, no, we could use her. And he would have mademoiselle. He definitely would have. But they would have. he would have had a very clear and direct order not to. <laughs> and that's the only way he would have done it. Agreed. Agreed. But no, I really wish he would just tell her. It'd make... I mean, it'd make the show a lot like smoother, which is not as entertaining, of course. But just watching it sometimes, I'm just like, ah, oh, just fucking tell her. I'm sure she would help. Man, it, we wouldn't have a show if that was the case. Come on. We would still have a show. We still need to take them down. We would just have another another ally. No, no. It would be just credits at that point. Oh, boom. Ended. Because mm-hmm. Starlight would just go ape shit and blind the whole world. The whole world. Everybody. Mm-hmm. She's over it. On some. She's done. On some Vanya number seven Umbrella Academy shit. Oh, oh, Dr. Manhattan shit. Mm-hmm. And she goes to Mars. And builds a big tower. How many people get that reference? Butcher. Um, at least two. At least two. Butcher extracts some of the compound V from the IV bag when they are interrupted by men shooting at them with assault rifles. Billy grabs the baby and uses his laser eyes to kill all of the men. And I wrote, this is the one soup that Billy kind of likes. <laughs> but he does threaten the baby. He at does. The end. <laughs> at the end. Um, there's, a, there's a line from, from Butcher that I want to hear you say. 
What's the line? Right after he lasers everyone with the baby, he just says one thing. It's like one of his main lines. I don't remember. Text it to me and I'll say it. Uh, while Clay is doing that, on CCTV, Stillwell notices Homelander watching her through the wall. She invites him in, mockingly asking if he is lonely. She warns about the speech he gave and has him lay on the couch, suckling near her breast. Um, she, yeah, it. I, I wrote, what in the Robin Aaron fuck is this? Robin Aaron from Game of Thrones, of course. Um, That's a great reference. Thank you. It, it's really fucking weird. And yes, oh, I forgot. Yes, I will say that in just a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was real fucking weird. Like, you knew he had these, like, I don't know, sexual, perhaps, type of feelings for Madeline. But then to see that turn motherly in a way. But is it? So he was, yeah, I mean, we've seen, I feel like we've seen hints of both. Like, is it sexual? Is it, like, he's her kid? Maybe it's, like, and Oedipus. Then, Right, right. And then this scene fuses the two together flawlessly as he's just this horny baby. Right, yeah. And it speaking was, of babies. Speaking of babies, Butcher, uh, he, he lasers the guys, and then he, he, he's done. He sees they're all dead, and he goes, that was fucking diabolical. How's that? There we go. That was good. A little Next time, I think I want a little bit more like grit in your voice. Ugh, like diabolical. Yeah, here we go. Ah, there it is. That was fucking diabolical. Uh, here we go. We're there. It. We're getting it. We're getting it. I need a couple takes to warm up. I'm, I'm cold. I haven't warmed up. Yeah, yeah. This past half hour of talking didn't really do it for you. I wasn't acting in that past half hour. I was reading fucking synopses. I've been acting this whole time. I typically don't act anything like this. Wow. You are good. Do you give lessons? Um. Yeah, but you would have to pay me the price of tuition like you did the first time. Tuition for coaching lessons? Jesus, yeah. you are expensive, but okay. Mm -hmm. I'll do it. And this is high-end shit. What do you mean? I'll Venmo you. You can charge me, whichever. I'll charge you. Okay. On the run, Frenchie encounters Black Noir. However, he is saved by the female, who uses her super speed to knock him over. The two fight, and Black Noir is able to get the upper hand, leaving the female lying in the road eviscerated. I like that word, eviscerated. Frenchie returns it is. Frenchie returns to find the female apparently dead. Suddenly she breathes and her body starts healing itself. So we got this really cool fight scene. We finally get to see Black Noir do something besides walk mm -hmm. around a hallway. Um earlier so, oh, go ahead. No, you go. Earlier in the episode, I feel like Starlight was walking around and we saw him like walking down the hallway and I was wondering like I was like, do they bring the actual actor, make him suit up just to walk in the background or did they just use an extra or a stunt man and put him in the suit? Um so I know that there is a specific actor that plays Black Noir during the fight scenes. Right. And I it I it, this ties into my trivia fact. It's the same actor. Um so I'll say the trivia fact. The female is it about both of them? Yes. Do you have the same <laughs> trivia fact? Are you getting these from Amazon? No, I, I'm getting them from uh, the wiki and IMDb. I check both. So is this is this a trivia fact about the female and Black Noir? It is. Both being martial artists. It is. Yes. <laughs> because when I'm watching this on Amazon, when I scroll over the screen, like move my cursor, uh huh, trivia facts literally come up on the side of the screen about the show. Oh, sick. It like I, covers part of the screen. I usually watch on the TV or something, so I, I haven't experienced like the cursor thing, but I might I might try that from now on. 
dude so many I, I had no idea i was just like moving my cursor randomly here and there and mm -hmm. it would just be a new trivia fact every single time and i saw that one about them both being like trained martial artist badasses yeah the females hand-to-hand -hand fight with black noir in the alley offers a glimpse of karen fukahara's and nathan mitchell's respective abilities she is trained both in karate and sword fighting and he holds a black belt in taekwondo Mitchell won the gold medal in the ITF Junior Black Belt National Championships at the age of 15. So they can actually, like, kick some ass, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a solid fight scene, and Black Noir is a badass. He really, really is. And we don't even really know the half of it yet. Ooh, dun-dun-dun. Um, but, yeah, that's how the episode ends. We get her coming back to life. So we see... We haven't really seen her power. All we've seen so far is just kind of her her rage and fury and her, like, tearing shit up. We haven't seen her, like, heal or, or use that super speed or anything yet. Yeah, normally she's just, like, scratching people open. Right, right, which is also, that takes some strength. I mean, she, her nails aren't that fucking long. Yeah, and, I mean, she got thrown through a brick wall by A-Train and just, like, got oh, up. pounded, like, head into the wall a million times. yeah. yeah. So she seemed she seemed pretty at least durable and like quick and strong mm -hmm. enough to tear people in mm -hmm. half with her hands. Right. But now she's got this like awesome healing factor. Yeah. I wonder how the compound V chooses what power you're gonna get. So I like to think it's like um I like to think it's like like the X Men, like each mutant has like their own gene and it gets unlocked and mm -hmm. they, they like get their own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but some I like of those... to think it's something like that. Like it just unlocks whatever is latent in you specifically. Sure. Yeah, but that would suck if I ended up like Jubilee from the X Men or Pop Claw. I'd be so pissed. I don't even want powers at this point. I'd rather just be normal. I mean, Jubilee can make fireworks. That's pretty chill. Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. Like what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm just gonna fucking flare and then run. Jubilee's the, the if, worst X Men. Ended up like Toad. At least I can jump fucking and do some acrobatic shit. But you're slimy. Yeah, but I got a really long tongue. The ladies would love it. But you look really ugly and you're slimy. I look really ugly and I'm slimy now. Okay, that's true. With a longer tongue, you would be hotter. <laughs> <laughs> With a longer tongue and some bunnies, you'd be hotter. Exactly. Maybe I can make it to the NBA or something. Jessica, or that was just a joke. There are no ladies. It's just you. I love you. That's my disclaimer. Jessica, that was just a joke. I'm fine with the length of my tongue. <laughs> you're fine with the length of my... Okay, this is getting too much. Um, you tell me that you're fine with the length of my tongue. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode, though. So did you have any, any closing thoughts? Um, not really. I mean, we, we learned a couple big secrets. Mm -hmm. Saw a couple nice action scenes. Saw um, Homelander suckle on Madeline's finger near her titty. Yeah, they should have gone all the way with that. I was, like, not in, like, a, a gross way, but I was thinking that, too. Like, really just, like, push it over the edge. Like, we know there's milk in there. You have a baby. Pop that bitch out. We've seen you pumping those bad boys. Exactly. So is Homelander. Exactly. You know what I recently learned? That no. the the actress who plays Madeline, she's the, she plays, what's her name? Allison? I can't remember. In, in The Karate Kid, she's the love interest. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that until I was looking at her IMDb for some reason. I feel like she's she's one of those actresses that you know her from other things, but you don't know what, what those they things are, are. Yeah, or who she is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But I thought that was interesting. There's there's a bonus fact for you. 
So much karate in this episode. Yeah, Karate Kid. Karen Fukuhara's uh, trained in karate and sword fighting. I mean, it's wild. That guy's junior martial arts championship. Yeah. I always wanted to do Taekwondo. Why Taekwondo specifically? Because Taekwondo is a lot of kicking, and I think like those like tornado kicks and all that, they just look really cool, and I was I thought those would, that would be cool. Okay. I think, I think I would be doing capoeira. Oh, the dance. Yeah, that'd be pretty. The Brazilian art of dance fighting. Yeah. Really. Eddie from uh, Tekken. That's his fighting style. Yeah, yeah. Also the dad from Meet the Fockers. <laughs> He's more of an inspiration to uh, me than Eddie. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of here. This has been Masters of the Cultureverse. We're rewatching the boys. That was episode five. I'm Caleb. He's Clay. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at masters.cultureverse. And check us out on Monday when we'll release our main episode. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I got this shit